G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Stick Together is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation and brought to you on your community radio station. Over the past few weeks, the new Labor government in South Australia has been under fire for unions over announced changes to the workers' compensation legislation, which they announced in their new budget. South Australian workers will still be able to claim compensation for multiple injuries caused in the same incident under legislation proposed by the state government after backing down due to pressure from unions. However, the threshold for workers to be considered seriously injured would increase from 30% to 35% of whole person impairment in order to keep down the premiums employers pay to return to work South Australia to cover potential work injury claims. This ongoing dance between employer premiums and injured workers' needs and rights seems a far and distant concern to most workers until they themselves are affected. Each state in Australia has its own set of rules, but the pain and anguish of injured workers are the same across Australia. Stick Together went down to the Victorian Trades Hall to an event run by the Injured Workers Support Network that brought injured workers, unions and parliamentary representatives together to discuss a better future. First, we hear from some workers who have been caught up in the system for a view on what happens when you are injured at work. Thanks for talking to me. We're at the uh, Victorian Trades Hall and this is Injured Workers Day and so you've come to uh, this event. Uh, you're an injured worker. I am. I actually have probably more history of being injured than not injured in the last 20 years. And uh, the thing that I've come is because... I have struggled with the work cover processes. Then you get an injury that doesn't fit the advertisements of the male who broke an arm at work and you can go back and there's other duties. With me, with it's an overuse injury, there's very few actual activities I can do at work that don't trigger it. So my recovery process can be longer and a lot of experience of going to see these appointed doctors by the insurance companies, and they'll say things to you like, oh, that couldn't have caused an injury like that, that you can't actually oppose your fingers and thumbs at the moment just because you were carrying something for a sustained period of time, and it was like your first day on that job doing the full job, and then I couldn't even pick up a cup or a glass and try and explain to the doctor that the reason this has happened is because it's happened so many times before and I've only just come back after about five years of struggling. I get into this job and they ask me to carry something in one arm, something in the other arm. During the training, we shared with the person that we were training with, so we only carried one thing and I could swap them. All of a sudden, sustained weight, bango, I am off again. And as an insurance claim, it's like whether we will pay your claim or not. It's not, you've 
got something, we're going to look at this, we're going to support you, we'll see how we can get you back to work. It's not like that. You're really confronted by, you may or may not get paid, when we do pay you, it's only going to be a certain amount. Um, one That other job that I had to increase my mouse work, well, they engineered to sack me. Um, it was a really toxic environment, so in the long run I thought, okay, but I still had an ongoing work cover case and they resisted at the start, you know, like they thought that they could not pay me for my work cover and they could not pay me for the, the um, missing hours that I should have been paid. And that ended up having to go to um, a tribunal and... Finally, they settled before we actually went in because they realised they hadn't sacked me properly. They just did it because they wanted me out of the way and they hadn't done the work cover stuff properly. They the documentation just wasn't done right. People who you're working for are your enemies. Uh, doctor, your enemy as well. And uh, then insurance company, which is work cover, your enemy as well. Mm. So instead of actually acting quickly about it, yeah, and help. They prolonging pay, playing politics. You injure, you injury going worse. Yeah, you're getting frustrated, and prolonging that, and you don't have much time because you have only 52 weeks. But a company can sack you after that. So when they prolonging all this, uh, um, doing nothing injury. Yeah, they they all saying they're helping, but they actually not helping. They're trying to um, prolong, so hopefully it might drop dead before it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's problem gone. So, so your injury was that serious? No, no, I have a shoulder injury. Mm. Yeah, and uh, obvious that if you if you need um, operation, have to be done, and then after operation, quick recovery. When you have um, a physiotherapy and uh, maybe a swimming pool. It helps, yeah. yeah. But uh, there was kind of holding it back for a long time before I got, can, can see the physio. Well, I try to kind of get over as quick as I... I don't like to be sick, that's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to be sick. I'm actually like a bear. When I'm sick, don't touch me. I'm kind of... I'll probably lie down and wait until get better. That's all. That's all. But I couldn't get better. The shoulder was just... Uh, well, you have to do the work to get it back in shape. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. And then the company tried to... Uh, actually, in the middle of all of this, yeah, tried to get rid of me. So this is a common story. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it is. And, uh, but I, I called the union, and the union actually negotiated uh, some uh, different way of, from, this, from the company side to approach me. Mm. So, so they proved their worth. Yes, it, and I, I actually was telling all the managers because I was doing light duties, but I needed help, yeah, because I wasn't prepared for light duties all my life, yeah. So I was just getting frustrated and uh, getting nowhere. I'm glad all after all end up on my on the good side, and uh, I come back to work and. Um, wasn't long after and I retired. Yeah, so I'm glad my shoulder is all right now. And, and you've come today to... Yeah, just to support everybody else. So if, um, 
you know, just people don't realize that things can happen in a split of a second. And it's so expensive on your, in your own mind to actually get over this, that's not funny. And you have to be aware that accident can happen. Like a, a support from work cover, work safe. You have to non-stop keep battle because once you are decided you don't need it because you think you're right, yeah? But it can happen to anybody. So if you're not supporting health and safety, I think you're on the wrong side of the boat. Yeah. I'm from 3CR. Are you an injured worker? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just came down because it's Injured Workers' Day and I wanted to hear from people about why they're here and why it's important. Oh, well, because with all the new chemicals that uh, workers are using... Um, all the industrial fumes are causing a lot of lung diseases and um, unfortunately the old regulations don't cover these workers. Oh right, okay. Is that the issue that you have? Yeah, that's my issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, uh, it, it, did you find that uh, it was really difficult to prove your case? Very difficult. I uh, had to use what happened in America uh, with the suing of companies for um, entitlements as a reference to the uh, entitlements here for um, Victorian workers. Did you find that the uh, OH&S systems at your work were at fault? Well, they were in favour of their insurance companies, yeah. Ah, right, okay. And so you've come today because it's important to make sure that... uh, Uh, Just here to support any other workers who's got uh, industrial lung diseases, yep. Did you get a successful outcome? I mean, your health's not good, but... Um, Basically, yeah, I was the first one to beat them, yep. Ah, okay, and so that took a lot of uh, stamina? Took a lot of research, yeah, and stamina. Yeah, yeah. And did it have an effect on your mental well-being and your family? Well, it does knock your, um, does knock your psychiatrist, uh, your mental... Yeah, it does take a, a bit, a lot out of it, yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm from 3CR. Are you an injured worker? Uh, yes, I was an injured worker before. Uh, unfortunately, in 2009, I had an uh, injury. And since then, I'm getting worse, deteriorating. Uh, and also, I'm an NDIS client. So it's uh, triple hell. Okay, and so you've come today because you think it's important, an issue, to find out about what's going on. Absolutely. Not only the workers' right, but uh, the whole community, all families and uh, the politicians need to act on our behalf because we pay very high taxes and we should be represented. The whole those systems work cover TAC, NDIS, veteran affairs that should be under the one scheme, under the Medicare. We should receive immediate any... Uh, services we require, appropriate services. We should not wait for compensation schemes or solicitors to act on our behalf. Well, uh, people say that it's a very adversarial system. That it's trying to prove that workers are just malingering and that they're really not sick. Uh, absolutely. So it's a penalty system. So we need to be penal- penalised by the uh, previous employer or current employer for the services that we should receive. Mm. I don't think that uh, such, such a system should be um, in place. It doesn't um, protect our rights or our families. Well, what happened for you? Um, unfortunately, I used to work in a call centre, so uh, I used to repetitively twist, and the employer did not have obligation to provide me with an ergonomic chair. And consequently, the, uh, unfortunately, the employer terminated my employment. 
So we had to um, um, we had to um, apply to the Fair Work Commission and I received the compensation. However, I had to find an alternative employer as well. Yeah, yeah. And was that through a union? Um, we actually initially I was represented through the uh, Australian Services Union, but I had a principal solicitor, a principal lawyer, represent me at the Fair Work Commission, and we won the case at the Fair Work Commission. However, the compensation entitlement that I received, um, it was not very high as we are supposed to receive. However, it, still we have won. It's important to fight, isn't it? Absolutely, it's important to fight every day, every week. If we would demonstrate every day, every week against the NDIS, against the war cover, TAC, we will win. We will win better legislation to protect us in the community, the taxpayers. Why am I here? To pass on my vast knowledge of court procedures and techniques of getting a proper payments for your injury caused by management. What kind of injury did you sustain? Um, a chair collapsed underneath my bum and I went over with it, yeah. hit a desk behind me and knocked myself out for several minutes and I in turn uh, sued a few people. Oh, because they didn't recognise it as being an, the outcome as an issue? Well, they said, you're not hurt, and I said, bullshit, and uh, I, I took Foo Slaters and myself, took them uh, to court and won. Mm, okay. Everything I, want, I wanted. Well, congratulations. How's your health? Oh, now it's uh, coping, understanding what's going on. But after that accident, I... Uh, turned my vast experience of going through the court system, of helping other workers take their cases to court and helping solicitors prepare their cases. Because uh, pe yeah, people, people say that it's very adversarial and it can, takes them completely out of their normal working life, doesn't it? But I was, on the, I was on the job helping these people, not in a different solicitor's office. And I was making sure that with management or their immediate manager was putting them down, I was boosting up their morale and support to keep them on track to continue their suing <laughs> and uh, not be put off by attempting to be fired, therefore lose contact with their workplace and or probably their solicitors and even drop the case. Yeah. Every case I took to court I won. Well, congratulations. But there's another story to that. <laughs> You are listening to Stick Together, Union News, Workers' Stories and Social Justice Issues. Today we are down at Victoria Trades Hall on Injured Workers' Day. Although there are different rules covering workers' compensation across the country, the issues for injured workers remain the same, often centred around the delays and complexities of the claims process while they are dealing with debilitating health issues. In 2019, the Victorian Ombudsman's report, WorkSafe 2, follow-up investigation into the management of complex workers' compensation claims, revealed disturbing examples of injured workers who had been unfairly treated and denied their legal entitlements. The report pointed to a systemic problem with the model of claims management for complex claims and insufficient oversight and review mechanisms. The Victorian Government commissioned Peter Rosen 
QC to undertake an independent review into the agent model and the administration of complex work cover claims. And now, with his report, Improving the Experiences of Injured Workers, a review of WorkSafe Victoria's management of complex workers' compensation claims, the Victorian Government has considered the review and its 22 recommendations with the result that it's accepted five recommendations. It accepts in principle 14 recommendations, considers that two recommendations require further consideration and notes one recommendation. We have heard from some workers about why they came to the Injured Workers' Day event at Victoria Trades Hall on June the 1st. Now we hear some of the work being done by unions to support workers' well-being and get some insight into what would be helpful changes to the system. Where, where are you from? The Nursing and Midwifery Health Program. Because it's been a very difficult time for nurses. Sure has. So um, our job is to look after nurses who have any sort of issue, mental health concern, alcohol and drug problem, or just in need of someone to talk to. Because nurses probably don't feel like telling people about their problems. There's a lot of fear associated with it. There's a lot of shame associated with it, like because they can't cope. They feel like they can't cope and they'll be judged and they might even like lose their job if they're seen to be incompetent or unhealthy. Um, so our, our role is to provide them with a safe place to come and talk um, free of judgment, and it's a free service. Um, it's independent from their employer, so they can come and speak openly and confidently that we'll hold their, hold their story. OK, why have you come here today? Um, I'm one of the panel speakers presenting today on the, the work we do at the Centre for You for members okay. and workplace health and safety. So the Centre for You is a, it's a, basically it's a, it's a centre for our free to you members to come and access um, as part of their membership, and it provides uh, upskilling, um, personal and wellbeing services, health services, and um, all the sorts of things that our members need um, to support, um, you know, workplace workplace health and safety so, and so, so upskilling and things like that. All right, okay. Oh, so it's a tr- in the past it would be called training? Yeah, it's a training organisation and it's also a, a health and wellbeing centre. You've expanded your, your, your support structure for your workers. That's right, that's members. right. Yeah, we have. We, we get some, uh, got a lot of feedback from the members, the sort of support they need. Um, it's not only upskilling and things like that, being in the electro tech industry, of course there's a lot of new energy tech coming in, and that, but also the sort of, you know, we know that our construction industry is experiencing um, difficulties with COVID, um, difficulties they do being construction, you know, construction industry workers on site and things like that. Construction has the highest suicide rate, doesn't it? That, that's right. So one of the personal, uh, personal services that we run is suicide prevention and things like that, about raising awareness through our employee assistance program we can we offer you know 24 7 counseling and, and interventions like that but um that's that's reactive and through the center for you we do much more proactive measures so running workshops seminars mm-hmm. forums and things like that so members are well aware and know how to recognize these sort of things amongst their work colleagues at work since 2019 we've seen about four and a half thousand enrollments go through the center um, given the covid lockdowns and everything like that that's quite significant and it shows us that uh, members are seeking that sort of support and the 40 services that we offer uh, are very popular and um, do, do you have any way of measuring uh positive outcomes yeah we do we evaluate all the programs we evaluate when uh and the courses are run, of course, we do that as part of our ITA requirements. But we also um, we evaluate all the, the forums and the, 
the webinars and the classes we do for the personal and health and wellbeing services as well, just to see that there's value in them. Um, and then sometimes we, we hear back through the organisers and the shop stewards how those people are going on site. One, one measure of success that we know we're hitting the mark is we have people using the centre a lot and they, they embrace the, the way that we go about it. The peer-to-peer -peer sort of group thing works well and I think a lot, of, a lot of the shop stewards and a lot of the people that are coming are quite proactive workmates, so to speak, and uh, they, they sense an opportunity to do a bit more on the work to make their workplace positive. They come in and learn a bit more about how they might go about that. And it's a very adversarial system. That's what people here have said. It's adversarial. Um, so it's actually taking away from focusing on people's uh, health recovery. When it gets very adversarial, it can be, yeah. And um, there's been quite a few studies that have shown that once you get into the system, if you've got, um, you know, something serious, you can... It, the whole process is such that people are further injured. So there was a recent inquiry that was done on complex claims, came up with some fantastic recommendations about what to do, how to make them settle much more quickly and more efficiently uh, but we haven't seen the outcomes from that yet so that's something to watch for. You're the retiring OHS um, <laughs> do on at Victoria Trade Hall. I am, yeah. I'm actually formally on leave at the moment till I use up all my leave, but I thought I'd come back. This is a really important fact, you know, a really important issue for workers everywhere. It's just a shame that, you know, while you're not injured, um, it perhaps isn't front of mind, and that's something that a day like today seeks to do, and that is to raise with all workers that this is something we need to be concerned about and working towards making fairer and better because anyone anyone can be injured tomorrow and often it's something that is not at all within the, uh, the control of the worker. It's because the employer hasn't done something, hasn't identified something, hasn't taken the action that they're supposed to take. And unfortunately, so many workers who are injured end up really worse for wear and a lot of them don't get back to work and it's fairly easy for people to forget about them. So. Legislation, the role of legislation, it, it, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, look, workers' comp isn't my area, but I know that um, you know, certainly there's a lot that can be improved. Um, the way that the agents work can be improved. I mean, it would be great if it all could come back in-house so that the regulator has the direct responsibility rather than outsourcing. We, don't, we generally know that we don't like outsourcing and we can see some of the problems with outsourcing the claims. Um, you know, I've heard so many stories in the past of people who... Is it about benchmarking? Do they have internal benchmarking? I can't answer that. Maybe someone like yeah. Claire. I just saw her arrive. Mm. She's the expert on the workers' comp side. But okay. Can sure. you point her out to me? Me? Hello. Uh, I'm from 3CR, and you've just been pointed out to me as being the expert on um, the legislative framework that goes with work cover. Can you um, tell me a little bit about what could happen to improve that situation in your view? Certainly more um, support for injured workers, um, a better system in terms of them being able to access their entitlements easier, um, legislative change needs to be made and I think that's all part of what's come out with the Rosen Review as well, um, which has made a lot of recommendations which the government are adopting which will help injured workers in the long run, which is great. Okay, cause, uh, so I was wondering if uh, it, uh, it was just said that uh, 
uh, WorkCover has been outsourcing the uh, process. Is, is that a, a problem? They do outsource to um, agents or insurance companies to manage the claims, and that has been a problem. That's been highlighted in the Ombudsman's reports. There's been two of those reports, which shows lots of problems, but that's been also addressed as part of the Rosen Review, um, where WorkSafe are taking a lot of those long-term claims in-house, those longer uh, long-term injuries for, for workers, people have been in the system for a long time, getting beaten around by the system. Um, so, yeah, it's there has been outsourced. There's some self-insurers that manage their own claims, so the bigger employers, they have been outsourcing to insurance companies as well, uh, as opposed to managing their own claims in-house, which is what they're meant to be doing, so that's been a little bit problematic. Um, but yeah. Too many bosses, really. Too many bosses, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, too many pa- um, masters to pay. Um, also, uh, there's also issues around doctors and uh, workers, some employers saying that w- workers have to go to their doctors and that sort of stuff. Is, is, is that just being heavy-handed on the part of the employer? Absolutely, yes. Workers have a right to attend their own doctors. They do not have to see a doctor... Um, recommended by their employer and certain employers aren't allowed into those medical appointments too and they do try and push their way in as well. And the things about uh, the framework of the legislation that uh, uh, looks at uh, the um, you know the type of injury and how much that injury is worth and all that sort of stuff, is that something that's being reviewed or is that something that's uh, just part of the system? I think it's, it is inst- um, endemic in the system, but it is, uh, my understanding, being reviewed as well. There has been a push to l- lift some of the levels for compensation for lump sum claims, particularly for mental type injuries, because there's a different um, level than if you had a physical injury, a harder test. So I understand that's being looked at at the moment as well. Okay. And uh, so this is a, a space that people should be watching at, what looking at? Absolutely, yes. I think the government's um, making some really good changes, which is great for injured workers. People talk about it as being a highly adversarial system. Is that just something that is endemic in our legal system, in fact? I think so. I think with injured workers, it's, it's very difficult for them because they're, you know, they can be um, in a lot of pain, medicate, and have to deal with the legal system. Um, at Union Assist, which is where I'm from, we certainly help dispel those myths, and we assist workers through dispute resolution um, as well. But it is, it can be quite legalistic, and we always recommend that people do get advice and don't try and battle the system by themselves. Tell me about Union Assist. Union Assist is set up by the Trades Hall, been around since 1999, and we assist union members with their disputes at the first level of appeal, which is conciliation. We also are a broader service that give lots of information to workers about the system, how to lodge a claim, what the processes are and what to expect, and what to do beyond a claim, for example, accessing superannuation or Centrelink, etc. Now, we're in Victoria. Are other states following suit? Um, each state has their own um, jurisdiction and their own claims. Some of them line up and some don't. I, I really can't speak about the other ones. I specialise in Victoria only. Um, but certainly I think if we could grab bits of each of the legislation and do uh, a compensation system that covered everyone, that way it would be great you know, to have the best of everything out of each of those systems. That's it from Stick Together this week. You can catch up with the show at 3cr.org.au or where you get your favourite podcasts. Contact us at sticktogether at 3cr.org.au. I'm Annie McLaughlin. Join the Stick Together team next week for more workers' news. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. Stay safe and stick together.
Come all you poor workers, good new to you, I'll tell how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle, we know we're sure to win. Because we've got the gun, thugs are looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? If you go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say they have to guard us to educate their child. Their children live in luxury, our children almost wild. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Gentlemen, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a gun thug or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner, he's now in the air and sun. He'll be with you fellow workers till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Now all of you know which side you're on, and they'll never keep us down. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? 